1: Hi, I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard, and that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer and the brewing industry and have a conversation with the people who make the industry what it is and see what we can learn from them. And we'll be doing a bit of that today. This week we meet someone you may not have heard of unless you have visited a small brewery in the Brisbane suburb of Stafford, once known as Happy Valley. We meet Shane Meehan who opened the eponymous Happy Valley Brewery three years ago. Now Shane was making a pretty good living as a crane driver. But he was bitten by the homebrew bug and, like many before him, decided it would be a great idea to open a brewery. As you'll hear, underfunded, underplanned, and with COVID swirling, he went ahead. It was hard, and as they say, mistakes were made. But when you listen to him, it's hard to hear any regret amidst his love for what he's doing and his passion for beer. And that, like beer, is infectious. Enjoy this conversation with Happy Valley Brewing's Shane Meehan. Shane Meehan, welcome to Beers a Conversation.
0: Thank you, Matt. How are you?
1: Mate, I'm very well. Thank you for inviting me to Happy Valley. Uh, mate, I, I guess before we even get into that, Happy Valley, even for people that live in Brisbane, may wonder why your brewery is called Happy Valley.
0: Well, a lot of people don't know, actually. and um, Stafford was originally called Happy Valley, until Sir so Thomas. So Stafford's
1: the, sub, the, the suburb of Brisbane Stafford's that
0: you're a in? Suburb, yep. yeah. So six kilometres out of the CBD. Um, Sir Thomas Brisbane was from Staffordshire in England. And when he came to Happy Valley in Brisbane, it reminded him of Staffordshire, which is where Stafford eventually got its name, which it is now. So me doing a little bit of research and trying to find out what brewery names, everyone's got different brewery names all around, you know, there's so many things you can think of, but either names are taken or there's other beers that are named like that. So I did some research, had a look at the history of Stafford, found out that it was called Happy Valley, and then it just stuck. So during the whole process, um, through the DA stage and opening stage, I had to go to the local councillor, uh, Fiona Hammond, her name is, she actually, when I rocked up and I said, oh, look, I'm Shane from Happy Valley Brewing Co., she's like, I love the name, and she's one of the only people that actually got it, because she's a counsellor, and she knew, she's like, love it, really good. So Okay, I
1: think we're going to have to come back and pick up uh, so some more of this, because it sounds like there's a lot of work that went into this, but Definitely. let's go back and find out who Shane Mann is, um, because... Beer and brewing weren't your first career. You worked in construction, I believe.
0: Yeah. So um, I was in construction for about 20 years um, and ended up driving cranes for the last 10 of those years. Um, But a passion on my time off was to brew craft beer at home. Um, As you know, beer is fairly expensive and you know, when you drink a lot, the, your bill can be up, you know, a couple of hundred bucks a week. So I started making beer just for that reason because it was so expensive. And then well, I
1: have to stop you there. You must be drinking <laughs> a fair bit of beer or some very I do, expensive I do, beer. I do, I do, I do,
0: yeah. I love the Russian Imperial Stouts, okay. your your Flanders Reds, you know, um, Lambics. and they're all fairly expensive. Okay. So Bolognese. so we' we are
1: we, not talking about six cartons a week, no, we're no, about. no, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. No,
0: but a couple of hundred bucks in beer, you yeah. know. Have have a if nice got beer a night. Taste, okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I love the barrel aged stuff. But um, as a home brewer, I started off um, just in a 40-litre urn, brew in a bag, and then it took so long to brew, I ended up moving to a five-vessel, um, two mash tun, two kettles, and just, it took over my whole house. I, I built this massive patio on the back and a little brew room. I actually put a cold room in the back of my house okay, and, and an outdoor kitchen. So the taps come from the cold room straight out into the outdoor kitchen, which is it's amazing. Really, really cool little spot.
1: Now, I hear that and, you know, this is where I've probably been doing this for a little bit too long yeah. because 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you'd hear that story. you go, man, that's an awesome story. You know, you open a brew because of your passion. These days, having seen so many people do that, um, and my first question is, you're obviously on a pretty good wicket as a you know, crane yeah, driver. Yeah, um, it was great money. Loved the brewing at home why go and spoil it by you know giving up the the, the well paying job and the thing that you enjoy to make it your job.
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. Honestly, it was about fulfillment in my life and sitting in a box for 12 hours a day, you got a lot of time to think and a lot of time to go over things in your head. And having that it was it was so much it was it was a pretty boring job and having all that time to think um, I found this. I found this guy who talks about ikigai, which is a Japanese term for um, do do what you love. Which is, um, can you make money from it? Can you make money from it while you're asleep? Can you have the online business, and will you enjoy it? There's, it's, that's about the four questions. Okay. And I kept asking myself those questions, and beer just kept pointing me in that direction and you know people would come over my place we'd have have you know 20 people over beer on tap beers flowing and everyone's like Shane you should open a brewery and once I kept saying it I was like you know what this might not be a bad idea so you know.
1: I I think I really fundamentally started to change my view you know and and hearing that story when I I read Anthony Bourdain's um, Kitchen Confidential yes and he talked about that people who love cooking and you know they plan their dinner parties and people come you should open a restaurant yes exactly right but they're the they're the people who will come once and never come back yeah um particularly once they have to start paying for these meals yeah of course how many of the people that told you that should open a brewery are still coming you know every friday night and spending their hard-earned to keep the the doors open
0: not every friday night um i'd say probably none of
1: them listen to this podcast so but anyway
0: (laughs) no they probably will so um Maybe every three to three to five weeks that okay. they'll show up, um, and and it's a lot of people that we did entertain at home. So um, and they're from all over town. So they they still come in, and it's still probably once a week that I'll get friends come in. Mm-hmm. But you know. Between those visits is probably three to six weeks. Right.
1: Okay. So so, so they are still supporting you. They yeah, definitely, still, okay. definitely. And, and then they
0: grab takeaways as well and, you know, take them camping and then they send all the photos through. Man, oh, this is great, you know, love your beer. So really... Now,
1: does their hand go for the wallet before they order the beer or do they just sort of... The, uh, <laughs>
0: most of the time when they're here, um, I'll give them a schooner and then and then okay. they can pay for their other ones, you know. Um yeah. Just as a thank you, um, one thing I actually did was when we set up the company, um, all of the tradies that helped me out through the whole process, I got my glasses, the Happy Valley glasses, and has got their names actually printed on the glass. So when they come in, as, as a good gesture and thank you for all of those tradies that helped me out, I give them a free beer every time they come here and they drink out of their glass with their okay. name on it labelled with Happy Valley. So,
1: Which is a really nice way of building a community. And again, yeah. that's when I look around um, – You know, I've been very remiss. This is one of the closest breweries to me, and in fact, it was for a long time the closest brewery to me, and we'll we'll get to that. Um, But one of the things I've always heard about Happy Valley since you opened is that you were very much a part of the community. So was that your plan when you started?
0: Yeah, so basically, I didn't have a plan as a get-rich-quick scheme. I planned this as a, say, a semi-retirement plan. It was to have fun, entertain people when they come in, make everybody feel welcome. Everyone everyone wants just an ear to talk to and me sitting down with customers and making them feel welcome, I don't discriminate against any person or anyone that comes in and having that feeling that you are welcome in a venue is, I think, substantial to your business. Um not focusing on the money and the bottom line makes a difference as well. So we just have fun. We hold events. We hold our tie dye um, workshops, which are really good. Um, gets a bit of merch out there, colorful shirts, and you know, um, people love that sort of thing. So community based, it it, it is really good.
1: I, okay, I, I guess I jumped ahead again. Um, you, you had a a very uh, well appointed home brew kit. Um, yep. You, you, you would. Sitting in 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 the uh, little box, um, and instead of thinking about how to spend your money, well, I, I guess you were thinking of how to spend the money, but uh, how to invest your money in a brewery. How long ago was that? And what was the period between deciding actually this is something I would like to have a crack at to yeah, get in so the door? Open? I
0: started brewing in twenty thirteen, and it was probably two years after that that I looked at I looked at venues and. Um, I ended up looking at Brews Brothers at Wool and Gabba. That was for sale in 2015. Um, It didn't end up going through then, but I'm glad it didn't because
1: Brews Brothers, just for for those who are listening, is an extract. Yes, uh, brew for you.
0: Yeah. So what I wanted to do was was take over that premises and then introduce all grain brewing and put a new kid in and, and try and go for a different target market than the extract brewers. Yeah. Um, it didn't work out. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy that it didn't because financially I wasn't ready. I don't think mentally I was ready either. Um, and then just the timing. I, I think I needed to do a lot more research into opening a venue than just going ahead and doing it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more to it than I thought. And even now there's still so much in it that... I, I was not expecting that was um, a lot of hurdles to get the doors open. Maybe
1: talk about that when you say that you weren't ready financially and uh, mentally. Yeah. Um, what, what did you have to do to get ready to, to open a Look, small brewery? So
0: um, the financial side of things, I, I kept a journal throughout the whole process and my initial costings that I went through, I doubled that and then some. For opening the venue, so I in
1: I, actuality, or did you?
0: Yeah, no, it was yeah. So when I started doing my costings, I was way off, okay. absolutely way off.
1: Are you happy to share roughly what sort of the your your, your initial budget was, just for people who are look,
0: who I I, completely I understand I if you don't want to. I only had one hundred and fifty grand. Okay, and I was um I was very naive in what it costs to set up, and you know even even with all your consultants that you need, so. Um, Engineers, traffic engineers, acoustic engineers. Um, you got air quality reports, hydraulic engineering, or um, your town planning. Just
1: for those who know, you're in one of the industrial pockets, the semi-industrial yes. pockets yeah. of uh, inner city Brisbane. It's one of one of the reserves that is designed for industry. Yes, um, that's and right. even so, you had quite a few challenges. A in lot of challenges.
0: Open. Yeah. Um, I found that all of these consultants um, were very expensive and then the timing-wise, getting it all sorted. If I was to do this again, actually, I could do it in half the time than previously because I know what council is actually looking for. Um, The material change of use on the property itself, so going from a low-impact industry to a medium-impact industry, is a fairly big application phase in itself. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I was... I, was, I wasn't too sure about either. Um, my wife is a property developer, which, which really helped. So we used her town planners along the way. Um, having her with that property development background, she knew all the fine print and she could go through and help us go through that application stage and, and get the doors open.
1: When you say that you're, you you were really under-costed it or under-planned, yeah. where did you get your background information? So you know, when you came up with your initial plan, what resources did you have to develop that plan um, that saw you really on the, on, on the very light side? Uh, yeah, in terms of- so
0: um, once I started talking with council and my town planners, I got a fee, fee proposal from the town planners of what it should cost. Mm-hmm. Um, that just went way out of the park straight away. Um all of these engineering mobs that i had to get to do their reports was a lot more expensive than i thought it wasn't just a you know a couple of bits of paperwork you know you're talking weeks and possibly months about getting the right information for council to tick those boxes to get the venue open
1: and and what research had you done in coming up with your budgets and things like that
0: so it was pretty much it was pretty much um, working it out along the way okay. you know like i had a buffer Yep. That, that I had, that I thought I was going to be okay. And then I owned my car outright as well. So I was prepared to sell my car to get this, get the doors open. Okay. Yeah. Did you have to sell the car? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, had, funny story actually. So it was that tight. Um, three days before we opened, I was in Centrelink asking for money and a payment because I was out of money. I actually had nothing left, and then the very next day at eight forty-five in the morning, I got a f- I got the final tick and flick from councils. Yes, you can open your doors. Okay. So it was it was really tight, mate. But I was, I was prepared to go that, and I did believe in myself. And you know, my friends are saying, "You can do it. You can do it." And um, yeah, here we are today.
1: Did any of your friends that said you could do it cough up with some money to <laughs> look? So they actually did.
0: Okay. So so um, we went on a sneaky holiday down to the Hunter Valley, and while we we're there, one of my mates is like a CFO in Dubai, mm-hmm. and um, he's like, "Listen, man, I want. I wish you all the success. I'm going to transfer ten grand into your account right now," and he did. And uh, I was like, "Look, you don't have to," but he did transfer it. And then we woke up the next morning, you know, hung over from the, from the wineries. And uh, I said, "Look, I'll transfer that money back. I don't need it, but thank you for you know having having your faith in me." And yeah, it was it was pretty funny.
1: Now, what was the plan um, when when you said, Obviously, you, you love brewing, and yeah. you wanted something that was meaningful to to your life. Yeah. What was it about? What, what were you hoping the brewery to be? Because when I I look around, it's a you know a medium sized industrial shed. The brewery takes up probably a third of it. You've yeah. got the bar, um, and then there's a facility. So you've got probably what half the space is uh, bar and customer space. Yeah. Um, just trying to paint a picture for those who are, are watching. But it, you know it, it's a, it's a fairly industrial. You know you know you're in a brewery here. You're not in one of these flash um, yeah. uh, spaces. What was what was your hope? Um, when you were planning the brew, what, what did you see in your mind's eye that so you wanted your brew to be?
0: It's funny you say that because I didn't actually have um, it set out. I didn't know there was going to be green walls as you walk in. I didn't know there'd be a massive grasshopper hanging off the roof. <laughs> um, I kind of just had all the CAD drawings that we had submitted to council of where the brewing equipment would go, mm-hmm. where the bar would go, where the seating would be, the cold room, etc. cetera. Um, so I kind of just – when when I – got the keys we moved in and it kind of just flowed and and let let it turn into whatever it was going to be it wasn't a a projected this is exactly how I want it this is where I want this and you know um, so we kind of just let the building talk to ourselves and let it evolve with customers you know kids come in and they'll do a picture so we put them on the wall and you know um, just that sort of thing so it wasn't it wasn't fully planned to be like this, but I, just I call evolve that into the, uh,
1: soft hands approach where we just sort yeah, of kept was. our hands fairly soft and yeah. you know let let them go where the the, the pressure was taking us. Or um, I think the other one is the, the Zen navigation. Yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. I ended up where I was meant to be as opposed to where I was going. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say something that's um, you know deprecating, but it's a, it, for, for somebody who's investing a lot of money um, in, in in a business, it's taking a fairly um optimistic approach that things are just going to work out uh when you haven't planned it down to the uh, last detail
0: i actually was telling myself that i can do this and you know my wife was never on board she didn't want me to open the brewery i was prepared to go to every single length to get customers in the door i got 3,000 stickers printed um so every single person i'd meet I'd just give them a sticker and say, hey, I'm opening this brewery, you know, come check it out when you can. I was prepared to go stand at the shops and hand out stickers or a free beer or just something to get people in the door. But um, we didn't have to do that. The area where we are in Stafford has been screaming for a brewery for so long that when we opened the doors on the first day, there was a lineup around the block and just filled the whole place. Now, there is COVID as well that was happened right in the middle of it. Um, so we were only capped at 50 people, which was pretty good looking back because I had my training wheels on and we didn't have enough beer, we didn't have enough staff. we were just we were just learning this is my first business. so I was very um, I was probably under equipped for if we did have full numbers straight away. So um, having that 50 people that I could only let in was still comfortable enough to make the, make the business work.
1: I, 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 look, I, and I'll be honest, it, it sounds like your wife didn't want to do it. You, <laughs> no, she didn't. I un, 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 underestimated how much you need. Yep. You fully acknowledge in hindsight that you just weren't <laughs> ready <laughs> yeah, no for, 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 for the challenge. If you could go back and speak to Shane
0: five years ago, yep. um, what would you say? Would do you? it, mate. Go for it. <laughs> really? Okay. No regrets. No regrets at all. And, you know, nothing, nothing good comes for free you know, I had to do those hard yards, Yards go through council, get, you know, every single cent that I had got tipped into this place. I was prepared to go to that level. And if I had just got handed I don't think I'd be the same person as I am now. You know, um, I really think I had to go through those, that lesson of having no money and having those deadlines and um, yeah, but no regrets whatsoever.
1: Now, your wife is working behind the bar today. So clearly at some point, come around were
0: there, were, were, were there some
1: am I right in saying that or is look so she, so she
0: looks after all the accounts okay so um since we opened I've pretty much just done everything so everything from invoicing to wholesale to um organizing artists musicians um bar staff chefs uh food menu items you know all of that I've just done myself and now um now that she's finished her job she had six months off work and then now she's she's been a bit bored so she's come on and we've set her up with all the accounts so I don't have to worry about that anymore it's something else that um I've I've gained you know 20 hours a week back in my life has
1: she um Asked any questions about your accounting about the shoebox that had the receipts <laughs> in or anything like that? Or what shoebox? You, 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 you did an okay job of the accounts.
0: Yeah. No. Look, I, I I have this rule. So as soon as an invoice gets sent to me, I pay it. Yep. Then I can I can forget about it. I don't set up the. Um,
1: That's my rule as well. So. Yeah.
0: So and and. You know, all of these suppliers say with um, Thirsty Merchants who we get our T-shirts off, I pay it straight up on the day. They called me and said, look, thank you so much for paying. You know, we don't have to chase you for money ever. We know you're going to pay straight away. And I think that makes a big difference in that field as well, just having that paid and I don't have to worry about it then.
1: It's, uh, it, it's I, I find it a great way to do business, but then I yeah. also know that, you know, it, it's a hard way to, to grow yeah. um, when you operate completely out of cash flow. Yeah. Um, but it also means you're not getting into trouble, yeah, I, exactly. I guess. Were there any tense conversations with your wife when you're sort of turning up to Centrelink to, to, to get payments or anything well, like she's that? She's the when one she that actually on sent me there. So,
0: okay. <laughs> so, um, she's, <laughs> she's yelling extremely. But that's
1: thing you could take that two ways. So she sent you, um, was it a, was it a pleasant conversation? No or? way, no, okay. not,
0: not at all. So I actually I went into Centrelink and I had a Happy Valley shirt on. I was trying to get this brewery open. We had no money at all. She's saying we got you know we got two kids at home, a mortgage. Um, if we don't get any money coming over, like we're we're done. Like it was it was really it was really tough times. Um, but she's okay now. It's taken a couple of years to get her to to enjoy the place and and. Yeah, it's, it was tough, man. It was really, it was really tough.
1: But that, And, you know, I think, God, if there are any marriage counsellors uh, listening, <laughs> they, that, 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 they might want to be uh, having a bit of an intervention yeah. talking about it. You know, I, I, I guess the same story could easily have gone a completely different way. Oh, definitely. Um, and yeah. one of the things I've seen is opening a brewery you know, the location or the time or, you know, there, there are a whole lot of variables that you can just get lucky yeah. sometimes. And it, it, it sounds like um, you acknowledge that the timing to some extent was lucky, even though it was during COVID. Yeah. You, you had a good experience with COVID. You're, you know, there was obviously a little bit of forethought in setting up here because it, there wasn't a brewery for, a, for, for this area. Yeah. But had some of those things gone a slightly different way, I guess the story that you were telling now could be
0: very, very different. Oh, very different. So for, for me, I'd worked for 20 years. Um, I'd always tried to save as much money as I could. Um, I invested in property when I was fairly young. So um, that gave me a good backing as well. And my mindset was that if this brewery didn't work, yes, I have tipped a lot of money into it as my life savings, but at least I gave it a go. Yep. I could always say that I gave it a go and I was prepared. You know, I wasn't quite 40 at the time. And I was like, I'm only at half my working life. I've got another 20 years to get this back. So that was my mentality of going, you know, I've built up enough to open a brewery. Now, I, I could essentially do it again. It'd probably hurt my feelings a bit. And I'd probably have my tail between my legs for a little while. But um, that's that's where I was. And
1: When you opened, as you said, there was a line out the door, although yeah. the, the numbers were capped. But you were the first brewery in the area. You've got a lot of residential... It's very close around here. You've yep. got a great coffee roasters down. So it's a, it's a bit of a precinct that people can come to and on a Sunday afternoon have a nice relaxing experience. I guess when you opened your doors, you had that to yourself. Yes. But one of the things that we do see in craft beer is when one brewery opens and it does well, Yes. there's no barrier to anyone else coming along going, hey, that was a great idea. I might do the same thing. Yes, And yes. now you've got within... Two kilometres, two two more breweries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, No more people have moved into the area um, by and large. Um, Yeah. How has that gone for your business?
0: So honestly, uh, I saw a uh, decline in sales to start with, but I I never focused on um, taking those people back or focused on what am I doing? How, you know, this is really bad that my business is suffering because there's other breweries there. I've just... Tried to keep my focus on good hospitality, um, making it a good venue, good beer, and just keeping people. So once once my customers did go to other breweries, they still come back. And you know, creating that atmosphere and um, having this place that they would compare every other place to was really good because I know that I do my best to entertain people, talk to people, and just and make them feel
1: welcome. I, I guess it's a very very hard thing to plan for, no matter. How much you plan you, you, your business, having no competition, um, in, you know, there are a whole lot of unknowns. And having a, a couple of breweries set up, is you know, was that something you were worried about? Is it something that you would do differently to try and create a stronger? Or, you know, is there something you could have done to prevent that fall off in trade, or you just have to roll with it? Knowing you're never fully in control. Yeah, of the exactly investment. right.
0: I just I think that just rolling with it. It's it's not something I wanted to focus all of my energy on, and it's not something that I'll, I wasn't going to drop my beer prices to, to to compete or you know sell myself short. Um, I never devalue the product that's getting sold. Um, so I was worried, but I'll just keep doing what we're doing and make sure it's a a good venue and somewhere happy to. Happy to be, and having "happy" in the name as well, I think that subconsciously tells you we're going to Happy Valley, and straight away it puts that puts that good vibe and good feeling in yourself subconsciously.
1: What are some of the things you just didn't expect since you opened? Did you had, had you had any experience in hospitality at all? No, okay. No.
0: So I'd never actually poured a beer for money in my life. So um, the first beer I poured here was the first beer I've actually poured over a bar and and received money for it. So I was very I was. I was very green, didn't really know, you know, I was pouring beer at home every every day, but yep. um, didn't really know what the hospitality side of things was. So opening the brewery now, knowing what an RFI is, a request for further information. Um, if I had have got all of these consultants to do their work simultaneously, I could have submitted that to council. Whereas when they ask for a hydraulic engineering report, I'd take three weeks to get that, submit it, and then they'd take four weeks before they that approve those drawings and then give me another RFI and say, okay, now you need your air quality report. What What is the velocity of the steam coming out of your chimney? What temperature is it? What smells coming with it? You know, so then I'd take another few weeks to get that consultant to finish their report and then give it to council. Then they got another 20 days. So this, the whole application stage just got drawn out for so long. And during that time, you've got holding costs of your rent, your equipment, your you know, so so it's not a, the longer it goes on for, you've actually got a lot more money going out that you planned for other things. Um, that was something that I didn't, I wasn't counting on, you know.
1: So that was getting the brewery up and running. How yeah. about running the, the the brewery, you know, in terms of hospitality and yeah. staff management and, you know, finances and, you know, money in, money out, all of those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, so finances haven't been too bad. Yeah. Um, the the staff-wise, we've actually had a pretty good record with um, our staff here. So, creating that environment for our patrons, I think, really reflects how I treat my staff as well. Mm-hmm. And when the staff are happy, your patrons are happy. And I, I try and focus on that more than anything my staff have all, so I've got three at the moment that have been here for over 12 months and another one that's just gone overseas for a few months. He's been here for two years. So, they stay on board and they, they like the environment. They like, I, I pay everyone right, which is which is good, um, but they all stay and they enjoy themselves and you know, we have fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now This is a a bit more of a sensitive topic because when you did open, you did have a a business partner. Yes, um, And it was a a brewer from around Brisbane that I believe you knew beforehand. Um,
0: Yeah, so we actually met... I was driving a crane um, in Newstead at um, Newstead Towers for Multiplex and um, the crane base was actually right opposite Newstead Brewery's doors. So I was taking my uh, home brew, my craft beer, into him and getting some pointers on how I could improve my beer. And then... um, I actually said to him, you know, do you mind if I come in and do some work experience with you? Because the the idea was still in the back of my head. So yep. this is about 2016. Um, we got talking, and he actually said, you know, I wouldn't mind opening my own venue. And I said, look, I want to do the same. Do you want to do you want to look at doing something together? And originally, he had already started a gypsy brand um, with his two brothers, and we we. He was. He wanted to bring his two brothers and himself and me and and open the whole thing together. But I was a bit cautious about having so many people involved and what our roles would be. Um, so I kind of backed off for a couple of years and just just let it slide out. And then he sent me a message one day saying, "Hey man, I'm just thinking about doing something with you. Only would you be interested?" So I we we caught up and had a chat over it and then come up with Happy Valley.
1: And I, I understand. And this is where you know. You choose how much detail you go into, but you provided a lot of the finances, a lot of the capital, and he had a much more of a commercial brewing experience, and so it was a nice, um, you know, rounding of uh, skills and and what what you brought to the table. But at the same time, there is an inequality between those two things, and uh, in the last six months that.
0: Yeah, so he left in uh, he left in January. So we did nearly two and a half years together. Yep. Um, and you know, sometimes those things happen in business. Y- yeah. You can't project what happens in the future. Um, it did go south, and he's working for another company at the moment. So it was um, it was something that we did build together, but unfortunately, it did go south.
1: And that's one of the the, the, the real challenges. And you know, again, I I appreciate that it's a hard thing to talk about because other people are involved, but it's also one of the I, I think I could probably put some money into my superannuation if for every media list I got a couple of mates yeah getting together over homebrew opening yeah. a brewery yeah um, but then you know you do see you know five six years later partnerships dissolve marriages yeah. dissolve when yeah. you know they're, they're, they're because running a business is stressful at the best of times yeah for sure looking back is there anything that you would have done? to have made that process easier, you know, to, to, to have had clearer boundaries around the, the, the arrangement or anything like that? that...
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it was – it had its potential to work really well mm-hmm. um, but I think f- focusing on money is a real big thing. So once you take your focus off enjoying your career or your position or what you're doing for a living um, and you start focusing on negatives – then that that is a big player in 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 yourself that um, I guess doesn't really work. Mm. So um, being positive and having these opportunities, what we do have, is really good. But once your brain starts ticking over with negative, it can become really negative. Okay. Um, are you still home brewing? no so
1: did you sell off all of the homebrew i
0: didn't actually sell it so i had a guy come in here and um he was down in the dumps he smashed his car then three weeks later his wife smashed her car so they had no cars their dog had to get put down because it had a tumor on it and then he was talking about homebrew and i said listen i'd like to give you something so he's i i ended up um taking him around to my house and i gave him every single bit of brewing equipment fridges the everything you can think of so i've set him up with all of my equipment and he brews on that now so, okay yeah so I you just... don't
1: you don't go around and uh, homebrew with him or
0: anything like that no right? no no
1: that's a very generous gifted
0: to... yeah look i'm a i'm a big believer in karma and you know what goes around comes around i'm not i'm not in it for the money. Like it yes, it did cost me a fair bit to set up, but I wasn't about that. I was about helping somebody to try and get out of all the negative that was happening in their life yep. and just you know, getting back on board, and now he's got a—he's got a great job. He's happy. He's getting married, and you know, like just th- those small things that you can help people with, I think really go a long way.
1: Okay. Um, well, if you're not homebrewing yourself because you don't have any homebrewing, brewing yes. uh, are, are you brewing here? Because I know I have, uh, Ian Watson, who's a sometimes <laughs> host, is 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 doing some work for you at the moment.
0: Yeah. Look, so I have put a couple of brews down over the last few months. Um, I don't think I've lost it. I think I'm still going all right. Like, I've got a few comments on um, over the bar that this beer is really good, which is, you know, my beer. So, I haven't had a big hand in brewing, but still barrel projects. I guess, I guess a lot more back of house. You know, the business is a lot, a lot of work to run. So, um, having, having my hand still in beer, tasting beers, you know, coming up with new styles of beer. Is, is my passion now. So I'm not necessarily on the equipment, but I do have a big input of, into what we brew.
1: Did you know how hard it would be to run a business, how much is involved to run a brewing business before you started this? Or did no. you did, did you see yourself as going, oh, like, you know, it's just knocking out a bit of, you know, a few batches of beer and then selling it, uh, you know, to some people when they come in on a Friday night?
0: Yeah. No, so I, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I... I've always been a hard worker. So, I always put 100% in everything. No matter what I do, it's all or nothing. And I knew that's what it would be with the business. Um, I didn't realize how much there is. So, you know, we're talking before about the journal I kept. And um, with that, I wrote down all of my costings, what I had to do, how to do it. You know, um, I probably only had about 30 things down. There's like 200 different things that need to be done every single week. And, you know, it's just a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a problem solver. So if there is a problem, I'm always solutions focused. So as soon as that problem comes up, I'll fix it as soon as I can and then and then move on.
1: All I, right. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, again, look, I'm just overwhelmed by your enthusiasm um, for it. But, uh, you know, did at, at any stage in the three years, did you just sort of think this is so much more than I thought?
0: No, no, not really. I, I think having a good team on board, good staff, people are always happy to help. Um, there's no real... It's a passion. Yeah. You know, I got into this because I love beer. I love people. It was... Um, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I also, I'll get my work done, say, you know, between 9 and 12 and then we open the doors and once I've got all the paperwork side of things done, I'll sit down and talk with customers, have a beer and, you know, switch off and make, just, I guess, evolve into that person that, and the reason I did this was to drink beer, talk shit and have some fun and, you know, so that's what that's what I focus on and, yeah, it's good, it's good.
1: I have to say, uh, you know, you, you, for somebody who says that he likes to drink a lot of beer and <laughs> like that, you, you keep pretty fit. Clearly, yes, so yes. how do you find? How do you find time to step out of the business to you know maintain that side of your life? Yep. But then also, do you get time for you and the family to go away on holidays and yeah. step right out of the business yep. and leave it to someone else? So the
0: first couple of years we were open, I did. It was probably. It was probably about 10 months where I worked seven days a week, round the clock, yeah. did not stop, you know, weekends, all of that. I, I did put my family on hold and they suffered a fair bit. i got teenage boys. Um, so they they suffered. But as the business grew and as it started getting easier because I knew what I was doing, I could step back. I stopped working Sundays, put somebody else on Sundays. So I got my Sundays back. And then um, I... Uh, trying to find time for the gym. I've always... When my kids are asleep, I'll go to the gym when they're asleep. You know, get home when we got to make the lunches and do all that. So, just that time allocation. When you have the strict time allocation for all the things that you need to do and have to get done, I think that really, really helps. Not having a schedule and not having um, specific times for anything. I could see it getting a bit, like, just terrible. So, having having... Proper times for everything really makes a difference.
1: I remarked on your enthusiasm before, and you know, it, it, it sounds like you've made a lot of mistakes in the sense of underestimated, oh, yeah. um, you yeah. know, just charged, you know, bullet a gate at things without yep. fully understanding them. Yep. But it doesn't sound like you've got any regrets, you know. No how, way. how important is your attitude to these things coming off?
0: Yeah, look, I, I talk to a lot of other brewery owners as well. You know, when we go to the beer awards or we go to different functions, um, I talk to them as well. And there's there's a few people in particular that do let the stress get to them and they're not having fun and they wish they didn't do it. But keeping that positive attitude in mind, I've always been about, if I can create that great atmosphere, the money will come. You know, it's not a... That's always been my focus rather than the money. And um, yeah, I guess it's just... You really need to keep that enthusiasm, don't get down, you know, get over it, um, keep your positive frame of mind. The reason why you did open a brewery was to have fun, was to drink beer, you know, keeping those things fresh is a big one in in realising. I don't, don't get me wrong, I do get lost sometimes and I'm like, fuck this, you know, I don't want to do this and, you know, I just, I just wish it would go away or I'm going to sell the business, but... You know that uh, that thought might only happen for about fifteen minutes, and and it's gone. You know. Can I
1: say it's just reassuring to hear you acknowledge that?
0: <laughs> because
1: otherwise, otherwise, yeah, there wasn't an element of crazy um, again, yeah. coming through that you could go through all of that yeah. and not have any yeah, any doubts yeah. at all. There
0: is those days. Yeah. Not not often though. Not often.
1: Look, it's probably a moot question at this um, point. But are you glad you did it?
0: Hundred percent. Yeah definitely. So I I got the grasshopper tattooed on my arm, um, about 12 months after we opened and whether this business, we were still only in the first year of business. So you still don't know whether it's going to succeed or not, what, what could happen if, you know, COVID was around at the time, but I got the tattoo and that was to, to let me know that I did do it. No one can take it away. We poured beers, we had fun, you know, it was, it was all part of the whole process and, and just, reflecting on giving myself a pat on the back that i did it
1: so what is the future because I, I i looking around it doesn't look like you've got grand plans to distribute nationally or anything like that um you know is this a case of what i call the newsagent brewery where you've you, you've bought yourself a job yeah you're paying yourself um you're living a lifestyle yeah um, but what, what's the ultimate plan for for a business like this?
0: Yeah, so good good question. I've actually my focus has been on growing organically and not forcing it. You know, you see a few companies have closed down recently, um, and it and it's it's sad to see them go. But have they overcapitalized? Have they spent too much money? Have they gone too big too quick? So my focus is on slowly getting into wholesale a bit more, slowly getting on kegs on tap, you know, like it hasn't been... But not
1: packaged, just kegs on tap? Yeah, still packaged. Yeah, still
0: packaged. Um, We pump out about 7,000 cans uh, every six weeks. So it's getting there, but I'm not forcing it. I don't have a date where I want to say I'm going to make a million litres this year and this is how big I want to go, this is how much money I want to make. It is about the lifestyle and not driving myself into the ground by overworking and i do wake up at two o'clock in the morning and think about so many things can't get back to sleep and i I, if i do go big then i can see myself waking up at midnight and going through those same things you know so trying to grow organically again (laughs) it's very
1: reassuring to hear you say that because you are so positive but to hear that you still have those yeah of course 2 a.m uh you know overkill
0: overkill so it does happen um but I just, i'll just i'll grow organically i'll just keep cruising i don't want to i don't want to go too big too quick i still want to have fun in the process keep that positive mindset i think that's a really big key in growing your business and, and even starting the business having that positive yes you can do this yes it, you you will do it you know if you if you do have to crowdfund to get your doors open or you do have to sell a bit of your company to get the doors open you know if you want something so bad you can do
1: it. I think this is as good a place as anywhere. Shane Meehan, thank you for this conversation about
0: Happy Valley Brewing Company. Cheers, Matt. Appreciate it.
1: And that was Shane Meehan. I thank Shane for uh, sharing his journey on the Beer is a Conversation podcast. If you like this conversation and would like to make sure that we can continue to deliver podcasts like this one, you can help us out. If you're a business that wants to reach professional brewers and brewery owners, we think we're the best place to do that. We have the conversations that the brewing industry listens to, and they can hear your message as well. Shoot through an email to sam at brewsnews.com.au to find out how you can advertise. If you're a listener, you can help us out. You can sponsor the show. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting service, or you can be part of the conversation at our Facebook group. Just look for Radio Brews News on Facebook, or email us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. We'll be back this Friday with Bruce News Week, diving deeply into the news of the week.